The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. It's Fox here. And I wanted to be honest with you before we kick off today's podcast, because today's podcast is one that has been sitting in my drafts for months now. It's one of those podcasts that I recorded and then I just decided to shelf. And I feel like this happens to a lot of creators. There's a lot of things that we want to go put out in the world that we'll record and set into motion and have a good intention with. But for some reason or another, we'll make some kind of story up about why we can't post it. And I want to tell you the story about why I have shelved this podcast for so long. The story that I've been telling myself that is actually a lie is that the audio isn't that good. The audio is fine. It's completely okay to listen to. It's just before I bought my other fancy microphone. So it's not as great as my usual podcasts. But the real reason why I haven't published this podcast is because it is a very vulnerable podcast. And when I decided to record this podcast, my intention was to really connect with you, my listener, to open myself up and to really get you to know more of me. But as time went on, opening up and sharing this kind of felt a little bit too raw. It felt a little bit too close to home. But as I've sat and I've thought about it, this is the kind of stuff that I really want to put out on my podcast. These are the conversations that I really want to have. I really want you to know me and know all of me. So without further ado, here is the podcast that I was never going to post. I hope me being vulnerable helps someone else be vulnerable in their life too. We're back deep diving with the souls and today I wanted to do something a little different because I feel this is an important conversation to have and it's all about kind of what we're navigating at the moment, struggles, challenges, existential crises, (laughs) the things that we're going through that maybe we're finding difficult and challenging and and how we're navigating them. I feel like it's so easy to look at people online or hear people on a podcast and just see this like highlights reel of wins, 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 or kind of just feel that, you know, people don't have things going on. And we've obviously shared like a lot of our story and the things that we've overcome, but there is a saying that at every level, there's another devil. And that's not to scare you to be like, you're in for, (laughs) you're in hell forever. But I, I definitely think think that there are always things that we're overcoming and moving through. Yeah, I think the human mind loves to just flex and just focus on all the wins because it's a it's a survival tactic, you know, it makes you look good to the tribe if you're always telling everyone how big the fish was that you caught. But I think it's 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 good to keep it human. Mm-hmm. It's good to remember that you can't have the light without the dark. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can learn the greatest lessons from hearing about people overcoming something or or the struggles. That's quite a lot of value right there. And we're definitely not perfect beings by any means. We have our challenges. Mm. And so, yeah, let's, let's dive into... Let's get into it. 
So we have three that each that we've kind of gone on and there's one that is a joint struggle. So I'm going to kick things off. And I guess like the one thing that I've really been navigating, I feel ever since 2020, that has really been flaring up for me and it's a mental health thing. And that is something called hypervigilance. So hypervigilance is kind of a side effect of PTSD or people that have been through some kind of severe trauma. And hypervigilance breaks down into hyper, so overactive, and then vigilance, which breaks into like observation, you know, vigilance seeing. And this was something that... It, it really fled up for me in 2021. And I, I want to tell the story of how that happened. We were traveling around and we just landed in Portugal and we rented this. We rented what we thought was like a really cute, like Portuguese Lisbon Airbnb that turned into me. <laughs> A bit of a dumpster fire of an Airbnb. Do you not remember? Oh, the first one. The first one. The, the, the little tiny attic. God, that I hit my head so many times. <laughs> we were in this like slanty roof. Just uh, this this place. It was like it was like a hobbit home, and we're quite tall. This damn and- fish-eyed lenses <laughs> on Airbnb. That thing was not. Yeah, we we rocked up to this Airbnb and we were both in like not the best mood. We've kind of been traveling around. We're a bit stressed out. There was a lot going on, obviously pandemic times. And Chris kind of started, I guess, voicing his concerns that I was being really paranoid. And this is something that I was used to. I've been used to people calling me paranoid my whole entire life. People that are close to me really get to know me are like, Rosh, you're really paranoid. And I feel like I've always just taken that feedback or comment or criticism like, yeah, cool. Like I, I am paranoid, but it it makes me feel safe to be paranoid. And you said it to me and we had a big fight and you were like, you're so fucking paranoid or something like that. And I remember in that moment when when you said that, I felt very defensive and I got really angry. And the reason now I understand that I got angry is because it wasn't right. I wasn't just paranoid. And I felt like I was being told I was something that I felt like right to feel. I felt like, no, like I'm allowed to be paranoid. So I remember we kind of parted ways for like a day and I sat at this little wine bar And I started looking into paranoia. What is that? Where does that come from? Going back, you know, as I always do, like I'm a coach, obviously, so I'm just going back and trying to coach myself. And it came to my realization that I don't have paranoia. I have severe hypervigilance. And my hypervigilance in 2022 and during the pandemic was ruling my life and in some points really ruining our relationship and ruining your peace of mind and our peace of mind. And one of our highest values in our relationship is peace of mind. And it was this this kind of aha moment that, okay, this is something that is a side effect of PTSD that you can get from going through trauma, being in really unsafe situations when you're young. And hypervigilance is something that that inner child, that part of me that wants to protect me and keeps me safe, goes into in order to defend and protect itself. But it wasn't a positive thing, was it? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, yeah, like you touched on, I have a huge value on peace of mind. It's why I meditate. It's why I construct my life the way that I do. And when you're always anticipating everything going wrong and you know that you're going to get in trouble and that stuff is going to happen, even though you can't even point at anything in recent history mm. where that's actually happened, it does get annoying after a while. You're yeah, like, what the I fuck? Like, it's, like, it's such a downer to have somebody constantly bring that up. But as you pointed out, it's not just some kind of trait that you like picked up and just kind of, you know, some annoying thing. It's a side effect of of trauma. Yeah. And um, I know you say the word like downer, right? And it's like, the thing is like to, to voice to everyone at home, like 
soul has been literally dealing with like a year of me and hypervigilance, like super insane hypervigilance. So at this point, like I'm not even happy with it. Like it's, it's really not a good thing. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something about it. But being able to name hypervigilance and understand what it was and where it came from, it has really given me this kind of lease on life in some sense where I can really name it, understand it, see it, observe it, just like observing something and go, oh, okay, this is just a part of me that it's not actually who I am. And to really break down like how my hypervigilance works for people is if I, and I don't do this all the time now, but like it used to be so so intense that if I walked into a room, I would immediately walk into the room. I would know exactly where the exits are. I'd know exactly where the fire extinguishers is. I'd know where the windows are. I'd know an escape plan and I'd know where the knives are. Like I would walk in and scan rooms for all these different things. And it would be something that would just happen in my subconscious. It was something that would just occur. Or if I was out in public, you know, if someone was looking at me or staring at me, like I know when someone's looking at me, like before they probably even know they're looking at me, like I'm psychic like that. I'm so hyper aware of my surroundings. And I feel like something that I've struggled with when it comes to hypervigilance is it has affected me a lot in business. I'll give you a classic example. We run retreats and I love nothing more than speaking and hosting these experiences. But one way that it you know, showed up kind of recently was I remember we took a whole bunch of our retreat attendees to Morabito, which is a beautiful day club bar, beachside restaurant in Changu that our friends own. And it's a bit of a walk from our retreat venue. And we decided rather than braving the Changu traffic, we were going to walk there. I will never forget, I'm with like 27 amazing women from around the world that I've just spent a week with. I've been public speaking to them all week, teaching them all week. The minute we left that venue to walk to this venue, I'll never forget, you were like at the front of the group and walking and I was at the back. And the minute we got onto the beach, I was internally having a panic attack and the girls are talking to me. No one would know, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, I can't handle this because the minute I feel like I'm out of control of a situation, the minute I feel that I have to surrender control and I can't control the controllables is the minute my hypervigilance goes into like overdrive. And for some reason, I'm just, I'm thinking there's threats. And this is something that I've had to really learn how to navigate as a person. <laughs> Literally. Just to lie. I, I, I think it's going to be something that I continue to learn with. And another classic example, we don't walk on the beach anymore to Morabito. We get cars <laughs> to a restaurant called The Lawn. But literally last week, Katie, who you know is part of our team, she was in Bali and I voice noted her and I was like, hi, how are you? Chris is at home and he's not on this retreat. I'd just love if we could like catch up at The Lawn on Friday when I have to take a bunch of people out and you can be there as my support because my hypervigilance, the minute I am in charge of a group of people outside a controlled venue, I flip. Yeah, you just think about everything that could possibly go wrong. Yeah, and it's it's I know it's so un like there's no evidence of yeah. like in in my adult life of these certain situations that I'm having reactions to, there hasn't been a horrible situation, but there are horrible situations in my childhood. And the one thing that I really pinpoint this hypervigilance back to is I had many negative instances in my life with different things, but there's one memory that has kind of been uncovered, which was my mom was an alcoholic. She's recovered now and she's doing amazing and, you know, has been for many, many years. But I'll never forget there was one night where she was really drunk and she had a massive fight with my auntie and she pushed my auntie down the stairs and then she kind of dragged me by my hair down the stairs and pushed me into a car and then drove me 
while she was incredibly drunk to my grandmother's house, but didn't actually drive me to my grandmother's house. She drove me at the top of the hill of my grandmother's house in the middle of the night and dropped me off at 2 a.m. And this is after a really scary ride where she was speeding at a million miles an hour, you know, going through red lights, trying to shove cigarettes down my face. Like, and the whole entire time I was so hyper aware and I showed no emotion and I was just like a rock in this car. And you were how old again? No, seven or yeah. something like that. Which that leaves an imprint. Yeah. And, and it's like I have so many memories like this, so many different memories where I became so aware in really dangerous situations. And as a kid, I suppressed so much of my emotion and held my shit so together through so many traumatic things and just kept a brave face and sucked it up. And these days, I feel like the more I push myself in my career, in my life, in my relationship, in travels and nomad stuff is the more I I put myself out there the more my little friend <laughs> hypervigilance is, hey, Rosh, remember me. <laughs> this is where the knives are. This is where the windows are. Like, And it's, it's this kind of part of me that I've had to learn. This is a superpower. This is something that is here to protect me and help me. But just like any superpower, I can use it for good or I can use it for evil. And that has been something that if you saw me out <laughs> in, in front of a bunch of people, you would never know that I'm going through that or that if I'm in a situation where things go kind of funny or if I feel off. I, I think maybe that was also why I was such a good DJ and a door bitch because like I am, you put me in yeah, any kind of aware. stressful situation. Like I'm so good with dealing with intense situations. I've helped people through immense trauma or people have come to me when, I remember like people come to me when they've like run over like a cat or something and they're having a freak out and I, I just go through the motions. I can just yeah. flip this switch and I become I'm so hyper aware. Remember there was one time we read something and it said when you realize that you stay calm while everything is mm -hmm. like going crazy around you because you were literally raised in chaos. And literally. this is actually what you're comfortable in. Oh, I'm so comfortable in chaos. I'm able to just navigate it. That's wild. I, see, I'm the opposite. I'm super chill <laughs> all the time yeah. until too many things are going on and stuff's happening and then I'm just like lose my head in that yeah. moment. But that's definitely something that is kind of ever since 2020. And I think my nervous system has calmed down so much since sure. then. But it's, it is something that I it feel very testing. is going to be a continuing test in my life. And there's it's so funny, the more stressful situations I put myself in or the more I put on my plate, unfortunately, the more I kind of unlock in terms of my memories and PTSD of where this comes from. But at the same time, it's like, you know, saying that this is probably one of the only remnants of my PTSD symptoms that is, is around. Like, like I always say, like, I'm cured of it because I am, but it there is like, there are just things that have kind of been side effects that are always there. And yeah, that's something First thing I'm struggling with, getting that off my chest. <laughs> we always counterbalance each other in so many areas in 100%. our lives, in our relationship. And I'm more on the cowboy mm -hmm. kind of just go with it. You can apologize later, whatever kind of front. Mm -hmm. Whereas you're then on the opposite end. You're overthinking the consequences of stuff mm -hmm. and you're trying to be extra careful. And somewhere in the middle is the the sweet spot. Yeah, and I would say to, I guess, the action point, because I'm going to have an action point for each one of these things that we're navigating with and how we're dealing with it. But my action point there was literally seeing it as a superpower, seeing it as something that I can use for good or for evil and knowing when to use it, knowing not when to not use it, being aware of it. And also it's given me so much empathy and compassion for people when they're going through things or when they're navigating stuff and I can see someone in that similar situation. 
The second thing is, oh, how do I even intro this one? It's the fear of getting things wrong or getting in trouble for saying the wrong thing. This really comes into like the fear of being, I guess, seen and heard. And this has definitely been my biggest challenge personally with overcoming, getting on a podcast, speaking candidly. As you can probably tell, if you listen to this podcast, I rift. I'm an open book. I really say things how they are. I'm not gatekeeping. You're not seeing a, there's not a mask on here, but as a protection mechanism for a lot of my own healing journey, I have worn a mask. And growing up, I was very comfortable wearing a mask and telling lies and fibs and and, and to try and like manipulate and get myself out of situations in order to be safe. And these days I'm I'm here, I'm open, I'm opening up and talking about things, but I am so shit scared. Every single time I open my mouth, every single time we sit down to record a podcast, every single time I have a podcast idea, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to tick people off. I don't want to be insensitive. I don't want to seem uneducated. I, I I want to get things right. I want to know the latest things. And sometimes it becomes, for me personally, in this landscape that we're in, so overwhelming. And Chris is the exact fucking opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're hypervigilant around getting cancelled. Yeah, and it's it's not even like it's not even so much cancelled. It's just more. My heart is in such a good place when I do this stuff, and sometimes I see people whose hearts are in good places get so misconsumed and take like someone will take like the tiniest thing that someone says or something that someone says in the past, and they'll just turn it into something completely else. And I'm just like, oh my god! People turn into <sighs> trolls and Karens and savages, and just kind of totally ignore their own flaws and just go, I'm perfect. So yeah. let me just throw a bunch of rocks at your glass house while they're sitting in the open air glass house themselves. Yeah. And I feel like this is something that as I navigate doing this kind of stuff and, and just kind of embodying what I want to do, like talk and teach and, and educate and share and, and connect and create community. This is something that's always going to be like a challenge to navigate and something to, it's probably one of my soul's tests. For sure. And I mean, look, it makes sense. It's the whole thing. It's like we, we are cave people in 2023 and if you're a cave person you have a small group of people who you rely on to survive and they all need to like you Mm -hmm. so you need to manage the tribe's thoughts about you Mm -hmm. so that because if you get kicked out of the tribe if the whole tribe goes you know what Rochelle we don't like what you said Mm -hmm. we don't like that you use that word we don't like the way you said this thing or whatever we don't like your belief on this one topic we're going to kick you out of the tribe that's the same thing to our nervous system as dying so your hypervigilance is going to kick off because it feels like if somebody disagrees with my viewpoint, then my fight or flight response is going to kick up as if my life depends on it. Mm -hmm. And it's just about like retraining yourself, honestly, over and over and over and over and reminding yourself that like everybody's imperfect. The world is a giant, confusing, noisy kind of mess that is simultaneously beautiful and amazing and wonderful, but also horrible and savage and crazy. And it's just that's what we signed up for when we incarnated here. And I think the brain sometimes gives us this perception as if like it's a really clear system out there and there are really clear rules and they are just are, they're ironclad and you've got to be careful for them. And meanwhile, it's like, that's just not what's going on. There's all these arbitrary lines that are always continually moving and you can totally fuck up. The biggest thing is you can totally screw up and it can actually work in your benefit in many cases because if you screw up and then you take ownership people will be like i really like that person do you see how they do you see how human they are they screwed up and then they owned it Mm 
Yeah. And the funny thing is it's, it used to come from a place of wanting to be liked, and I'm sure there's remnants of that there still, but it's more these days not wanting to upset or offend or affect someone in a negative way because that for me is just I I never like that is not what I'm about and I think that that's been a really interesting thing of one of the action things that I've kind of learned that how I've been navigating it is just like I know I know at my absolute core and I teach and I'll preach this the days like to the cows come home which is you cannot put your love in the hands of another person you have to your self-love your love for yourself that is in your hands it doesn't belong to another person my partner doesn't complete me my parents you know don't get to decide how much I love myself or how worthy I am like that is not in the hands of anyone other than you, right? That is all within your power. Just like that is within my power, and I know that at its core, I have to remember that my intention and my heart is I know my heart. I know my intention. I know what I'm doing. And I haven't even got an example of where I really tick someone off. But the thing is, I feel like I've seen it. Like when you post on YouTube, you get like a 99.5% like rate. And then there's that one dickhead who just like maybe clicked the wrong button or something or just hates on everything. Because the brain is so geared, we have this negativity bias. We put the same value on that one out of 100 people as if there are 50 of them or something. Yeah, and and I feel like this is definitely part of my dharma to figure out, to navigate, to continue to get better at, to continue to be able to use my voice and realize that it's important no matter what someone thinks and that I'm allowed to say what I want to say. And I'm, this is, you know what I said? The, <laughs> this is my first time being a human in as Rochelle. Like, as this, you. like I might've been here before, but this is my first time in this flesh puppet at this time during this point in history. Your first incarnation this is, is my Rosh. first incarnation is Rosh. So guess what? I ain't always going to get it right, no. you know, and this is your first incarnation as soul. And guess what? You are definitely Actually, not. Actually, it's my third go. <laughs> You're Gemini, right? <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. There's two of me. There's two of you always. Don't don't remind me. Yeah. But, but it's, like, it's so true. And I think that that is something that I wanted to share, that that was a huge block with this podcast. Yeah. This was when I, I think whenever you want to manifest something in your life, anything in your life, you have to figure out what is the limiting belief? What is the thing holding you back? Like, what are you scared of? Like, what is the thing about that manifestation that makes you feel fucking unsafe? Because the thing that makes you feel unsafe, that's where the fucking gold is. That's the thing that you need to figure out. Launching this podcast made me feel so freaking unsafe. I felt so exposed, so weird, so awkward. So, oh my gosh, is this the right thing to do? It made me feel uncomfortable. Like it was past my comfort limit, which seems so strange. But then it's like, I realized it's, it is my soul's purpose, the thing that I meant to do, but I had been keeping my voice just for closed spaces, keeping my voice, small small groups, keeping it just on you know, even TikTok scares me because it goes out to people that might not know me. Instagram seemed really safe. So you've got to keep moving beyond your belief bubble, keep moving beyond your comfort zone because that's where the gold is, that's where the magic is. And launching this podcast, greatest joy of my life. I'm having so much fun. I'm enjoying every single minute. It's going and, well. Yeah, and I had to get over that that fear, that challenge, and continually do the work to move through it in order to keep showing up. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're subconscious, I think it's a very interesting thing that you, mm-hmm. t- you touched on there. It's like if your subconscious thinks that by you getting whatever you're trying to manifest, you're going to be unsafe, then like, holy crap, we have such a highly powered survival mechanism yeah. inside of us. Like it will find 
five trillion bloody ways to cock block you basically from ever getting that, which is why that whole thing, it's like you, you need to harmonize with it. You know, you need to learn that like, it's okay. It's like, I remember in, in this, some book that I read recently, it was talking about visualizing, actually it was reality transurfing. It was talking about how visualizing widens your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It's like, you'll think about something and it'll seem kind of alien. Like, oh my God, imagine that. But if you keep thinking about it, after a week or two, you'll be like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm already there. And then it's, you can suddenly start to interface with that. Okay. You can go and look at real estate at, you know, amazing houses and apartments. And you'll be like, yeah, of course I could have that mm-hmm. because you've been doing it. You've been practicing that vibration. Yeah. yeah. Classic example. What happened before I was meant to launch this podcast back in January? I got the ear infection of all ear infections, ended up in hospital, couldn't talk, had my head beating in my ear for two months, was in the most pain in my body I've ever been in. And it wasn't until I like really did the work and I've been doing so much work. There are so many things. We won't get into this, but personally, there are some huge things that had to happen on a personal level and some massive energy I had to clear in order to do this and feel safe doing this. And that's been a work in progress. Nothing nothing quite like hearing your, your heartbeat in your ears for weeks to remind you of your mortality, right? Yeah. And, then, and then the side effect of that is like, do I really want to wait mm-hmm. and do this? I mean, you've been talking about doing a podcast for, for the longest time, for years. Inez, I'll never forget when I went to go launch this podcast and I said, we're doing it again. Inez was like, you do realize that I have like six Dropbox folders or something of like when all the times we, we said we were going to start it over years. And this this is Inez, like this is my right-hand girl that's worked for me for six years who I like love and adore. And it's like a huge part of mine's and our team and our vision is like my yeah. best friend. And yeah, wild. Well, this time we're doing it. Yep. And okay, third, this is the one that is both of us. Oh, baby, let's talk about work-life balance. Ah, uh, yes. That boundary, that beauty. Ooh, yeah. I just see I didn't wanna I didn't want to work a nine to five anymore, right? Mm-hmm. There's that there's that funny meme which is like, I didn't want to work a nine to five, so I became self-employed. Now I work twenty-four-seven. Right? <laughs> and it honestly is. It's like if you don't create boundaries in your own life around yeah. work, they just won't exist. Yeah. The amount of times that you and me have closed the laptop after midnight. Two AM. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we've even done all-nighters mm-hmm. a handful of times in our life before we understood not to just push things constantly mm-hmm. with force. Oh, we've had such a journey with hustle culture. And- but we enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. We usually pump music, have colored oh. lights. I got a stand-up desk, so it's like I'm in a club like, working on my laptop. The days of, I will say, the days when we were really hustling, we made our real hustles real fun. Like it was it was nightclub, Fox and Soul to the cows come home. We had a mission. We had a purpose. We were going in. We were launching that course we were getting that webinar up we were doing that thing we were making that it'll be three o'clock and we're like should we do a shot of patron silver and it's like we haven't been drinking at all we've just been working <laughs> we're like yeah all right fuck it. <laughs> not anymore no. uh, but i think just work-life balance i feel you know this is a a massive privilege problem to love your job so much that you don't know when to stop. Like, and I feel, I just want to address, I guess, that I'm so open for this to always be something that we experiment with because I, I feel like we recently came to a a discovery and it was through Rob Diodek and like, Mm love that man, literally. But he said something that changed the game for me. And I listened to, heard this right after my ear infection. And it was really about putting your lifestyle and your life first and creating your career or your job or your business around that lifestyle and putting your health and wellness first. That is something that I have done massively in the last few months. I've been showing up every single day for workouts, meditation, breath work, like all of the healing, the good, good, good things that I love that, you know, were kind of 
not like the last of my to-do list. They were always priorities, but they weren't always prioritized. <laughs> they were priorities that weren't prioritized. But that has been a, a new journey for us. And I feel we are really looking at putting our wellness absolutely first. And the work kind of follows that. And having a better relationship with work. And it's funny because I also feel like we're in a chapter right now of really being honest with ourselves about what lights us up and what doesn't. What's a fuck yeah and what's a no. And I I just also want to like say like I appreciate you so much because I definitely am in our business right now, full disclosure, like I'm probably the person who is really doing the things that are really fuck yes for me a lot more than Chris is. Chris has been kind of carrying the brunt of a lot of technical problems, which we'll get into the next challenge. But he has really been holding the fort down with a lot of things that I haven't had to worry about. And that has enabled me to move through and prosper and and focus on these beautiful, expansive solar line projects. But on the other end of that, the struggle is that my partner is quite stressed sometimes because you're dealing with so much stuff. I think right now, like, you and me both being able to just like leap into our zone of genius together, even though we're separate people with different Mm. likes and wants and everything. Mm. It's a little bit unrealistic. It's going to take a little bit of optimizing and we're, we're moving more and more towards that realm where, I mean, I'm going to just be coming up with app ideas and art directing basically as a team of experts in their various fields are building these code machine applications that then get disseminated around the mm. world that's my bigger picture vision and it's and it's slowly taking shape yeah and know? we're constantly navigating that work-life relationship that relationship within the relationship of the yeah. relationship yes. the work relationship the partnership relationship and that's a dance um, and it's a dance i love dancing with you babe for sure can i just say rob dierdek you will be on this podcast one day for i'm sure. putting that voice note out there you are i'm claiming it i love you i think you're great I think you're fantastic. We listened, we binge watched all of your podcasts. Totally. He is the man yeah. and someone that I have a lot of love for, like incredible person. Yeah, I just love people who are doing it their own way. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. Like, and, and not just a little bit, but like a totally anomaly, like yeah. custom setup. And that guy's the epitome of that. Yeah, legend of a human. I love whenever I see any of his content, there's always a comment at the top where someone goes, goes, I thought this guy was just a skateboarder. Oh, dude, never <laughs> like, put someone in a box. No, no, holy shit. <laughs> this, is a, yeah. ooh, this is a machine mindset, baby. Yeah. So now moving on to the things that you have been navigating and something that you have been the alchemist of lately, and that is tech and seeing the, 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 the what do you want to call it, like the rainbow or the silver lining. Yes. I, I don't know enough about human design. However, I know a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when my friend showed me my profile, it said that my karmic challenge is frustration. Mm-hmm. And that felt a resonance with me. I can sometimes have a short fuse. Mm-hmm. It's why meditation is so good for me. It turned me from the dark horse at the party with the clenched fist to the guy talking about gratitude and being present and being happy. However, the thing is, my basic constitution is is I'm a creative I'm a chaotic creative who has a little bit of a philosophical streak. However, in our businesses, our various very technological businesses, Mm -hmm. it requires us to 
manage and use lots of different pieces of software. software. There are, God, you know, we we spend thousands a month on all of the different subscriptions that make all the back ends for everything work. When you start building an app, you realize you have to learn about all kinds of things, the the storage, the tracking, Mm -hmm. revenue cap and Firebase and... Monday and Slack and Dropbox and... Yeah, there's, yeah, God, you know, productivity (laughs) tools. And then there's tools that connect all the tools together like Zapier and and it just you end up in this kind of soup of updates with glitches and this thing's not working and that thing's not working and we need to calibrate this again and let's install this one and get rid of that one and it can be it can become a little bit overwhelming mm. but yeah I, for me i i had a bit of an epiphany recently most times the simplest stuff is the most effective stuff and sometimes pieces of wisdom can be staring you right in the face you think you're applying them but you're not and you know as the famous saying goes the acquisition of knowledge not as important as the application of knowledge. So I realized recently I had basically spent about six weeks focusing on tech problems. You know this very well because I went through a very frustrated period. You were a bit of a saint. You know, you would come in and you'd kind of pat me on the back and give me a pat my head. And I'd be like, oh, thank God she's not, you know, freaking out like I am right now. And, and you were just kind of holding spaces for me. And, and um, I was doing like a daily letting go ceremony for whatever thing wasn't me. working. Yeah. I was like, let's let it go. Literally. And put it in the metaphysical fire. But the interesting thing was I realized that, you know, taking my own advice and putting into application all of the wisdom from all these books and all these experiences we've had, it's like, I'm creating that because I believe that there are infinite reality timelines that exist. And I have decided to magnetize myself to the reality timeline where all the tools are fucking up on me Mm. all day long. And my reticular activating system, you know, the thing in your brain, that's like when you start shopping for a certain type of car, you start seeing the car everywhere. That thing that's activating, looking for things that reinforce your perspective was just scanning for things that weren't working among the infinite amount of tools and tech things that we've got. And so every time another thing wouldn't work or something stuck or something miscalibrated or whatever, I'd be like, oh God, another thing. Why can't it just stop? And so I realized I was just noticing these negative aspects that I was perceiving as negative as well. They weren't negative in and of themselves. In fact, all of this stuff that we use is it's actually a, a fucking miracle that we have all these amazing pieces of software that can create all these businesses that we're managing. Yeah, it's just been a bit of a, a shift lately and it's still a challenge that I'm still dealing with. I'm still noticing during the day. And in fact, it's been about eight or nine days now of me being very hyper vigilant, hyper aware mm-hmm. of where my mind is going and how I'm perceiving everything that I actually feel like I'm still experiencing tech issues right now that are still the after after effect echo of my intense negative focus on tech problems for the last <laughs> six weeks. And so I keep seeing them. And I'm like, oh, there I is another one. Yeah, yeah. It's a daily game. The interesting thing is, is when something negative happens, but you perceive it as if it's good, it actually is, a, it becomes good. It's kind of this wild thing. Like it, it's, it's your, your perception is reality. So if your perception of this issue is, oh, God, isn't this a terrible thing? You could just turn that around and be like, this is a good thing because now I just learned how to fix this thing. I, I feel like something that I always remember and have at the forefront of my, of my mind is that entrepreneurship is all about solving problems. I, at its core, if you're an entrepreneur, your job is to serve people and to solve problems. So 
I think the way I alchemize it is when I have something come up that is a tech problem or is an issue or someone has an issue with something that needs to be sorted out. I'm like, oh, there is the entrepreneurial challenge and that is the problem I need to solve and I'm here to provide the answer to that problem. And I feel you are now, all of the tech problems you have at the end of the day, like they're just making our app better and they're improving it and they're making our retreats run smoother and automating things and and helping people out. And I love you so much. Thank you for dealing with the avalanche of bullshit that goes on behind the scenes. If you want to upgrade your manifestation game and create your reality with clarity, download Manifesty, your manifestation bestie. Manifestation movies, affirmations, meditations, everything that you need to manifest in one place. Find us in the App Store and take advantage of our free three-day trial and level up your manifestation game today. You have one more struggle that I thought was just a very interesting one, and i it's more of a philosophical struggle. Yeah. I guess it's an existentialist challenge, I suppose, okay. if I tried to describe it in a, in a large word. I guess there is a challenge in balancing the perception of – I go through waves of frustration and disappointment in humanity, consciousness, culture – whatever, but then I simultaneously remind myself that it's the best we've got and it's the best it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And it's this weird, delicate balance between, you know, you see something in the news or whatever, you see something that's happening in the world and you're like, how the fuck can people be this closed-minded, bigoted, whatever it might be, whatever's going on. But then simultaneously, you have to remind yourself that like, okay, it's easy to be pessimistic. We have a negativity bias. So the brain is leaning towards the negative and that doesn't help anything if you're just seeing the world through dark tinted glasses and everything is just terrible. So then always going back to this, looking at all of this you know, horror sometimes, Mm. but then challenging yourself to see the silver lining, to, to forgive, to appreciate that everybody's doing the best thing they can from their current level of consciousness. That's one of my favorites. I've got to say, this is something Sol and I say a lot. I I teach a lot on our retreats when we're talking to people and especially when people talk about their parents or they've gone through trauma with someone or something's going on. And I always just say like that person was probably doing their best for their level of consciousness. And although that may not be what you perceive as the best a human can do, when you can let someone, I guess, off the hook or you can kind of take the pedestal and importance off it and go, you know, she was doing the best she could for where she was at with her level of information. Like I'll, I'll give an example, right? Okay. Like, just to just to to spice it up a little. Yeah, just you, to you, just you. to pop a couple rounds off on a drive by here. Okay, <laughs> so it's like, for instance, we have world leaders. We call them world leaders. But tell me, would you follow any of these leaders into battle if they were on a horse with a sword and they're like, "Everybody, follow me! I'm leading us all to victory." I got to tell you, it's a, it's a, it's. Uh, kind of scarce out there, the individuals that I would feel like, yes, I will put my life on the line for this malignant individual up here. It's like I think about people like, okay, John F. Kennedy or something, giving impassioned speeches, really like vetoing things that his cabinet were trying to do that were seriously evil. And look what happened to him at the end, right? It's like, now that guy was a leader. 
And the Uruguayan president, Jose Mujica, man of the people, lived on a farm, not in the presidential palace, very wise guy. I'm like, that's a leader. Mm. But then we have like 150 plus countries. Why are there so few faces that I can think of? And so that can be frustrating. You see all these people and you're like, what the fuck? Is this the best we can produce? And then it's like, hey, it's a time for an election. Would you like, you know, this dickhead or this dickhead? And I'm like, okay, those aren't really choices. You're just giving me trash. I've got the the senile guy over here and the orange guy over here. I'm like, okay, cool. The you're point, not American, by the way. I know so I'm not American, not but, but why do I always get updated about what's going on over there? <laughs> okay. and, and a lot of people are affected by what's going on there, even just in their consciousness. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're being bombarded with information about it. But then I have to remind myself, where are we at in history currently? Okay, well, so, you know, 2,000 years ago, you had a bunch of dudes sitting around in, in Rome, in Europe, in white robes, talking about philosophy or something. And it's like, we're only still infants when it comes to leaders and power structures. And so who would be the first people then who would be elected and who would want to take these positions? Well, it's going to be power-hungry people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be people who aren't necessarily the highest moral individuals who really are true leaders in the sense of what you would, like in a movie, think that they would be, these heroes Mm. that we project over them. And so, yeah, I don't know. For me, I just have this struggle sometimes of, of just reconciling seeing the silver lining. And I do see it all the time. Life, when you really zoom out, it's this, it's this incredible roller coaster ride that we all incarnated in the middle of. And it's just, it's about remembering, you know, what a gift it is to be alive at this time. I mean, it's about seeing beyond what you're being told on these news channels, these world stories that are generally always focused on the negative because that's what gets you attention. And and seeing that like, okay, well, we have world travel, we have insurance, we have morals and ethics that are being discussed. We have infinite knowledge at our fingertips for free online. We have social media where you can connect with individuals all over the world, billions of them. Like it's an incredible psychedelic time to have incarnated into. And it's wild. It's a roller coaster. It ain't all pretty all the time, but it is whatever you make it. It's whatever you want to see in it. Mm. And it all depends on your perception i guess and so this is something that's in flux it's something that's moving Mm. it definitely moves for me sometimes i have a day and i'm seeing nothing but roses and silver linings and i have other days where i struggle with it and so that's that's just something that's a challenge for me literally learning to to play with the channels a little bit to play with the you know calibrate my perception i think something that always helps me with that that is really powerful is I always remind myself that in this moment, there was a baby born, there was someone that died, there was someone that was shot, there was someone that got married, there was someone that's having sex for the first time, there was a baby that took its first steps, there was a mother that lost her child. I really always remind myself in all moments at all times that in this moment, there is joy, there is sadness, there is bliss, there is ecstasy, there is death, there is life. And I feel that Life is so precious and beautiful and so intense because all of those things exist in this moment. 
And this is the only moment that ever exists. And when you realize that all of those things happen at once in this moment, in this time, then you realize that as a human, we have the ability to hold space for the whole entire cosmos, the whole entire consciousness, because I am you, you are me, we are one, and we are just experiencing what this crazy fucking ride is, which is being a human. We're sending you so much love. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.